The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So what we'll do right now is uh, to get you into small groups, the breakout groups, uh, where you get to share a little bit about the Buddhist life. And so I'll give you a, a prompt question uh, for you to reflect. And that is, what about the Buddhist life story is inspiring, is inspiring to you? And so maybe, uh, you know, you don't know a whole lot about the Buddhist lives and you just heard what Diana shared, or maybe you just read this uh, excerpts that we uh, shared with you before the class. So however little or lot that you know uh, is okay. And some of this is just um, maybe as you get into the small groups, kind of maybe just take a moment uh, to let the Buddha's life story sink in and feel how that touches you in your heart, in your body. And as we uh, go uh, into the small groups, uh, it'll be a group of uh, four uh, for each of the group. And I invite you to uh, practice uh, in mindful speaking, sharing, as well as mindful listening. Maybe listen uh, and speak from your heart and also share one point at a time and and then go around and allow this kind of a sharing um, inspire you and you learn from this collective. And I'd like to share this one quote and that I loved quite a lot in terms of this form of learning in terms of getting into small groups And this is a quote from The Way of Counsel, speaking about how community learns from each other through deep listening. So experienced music makers speak of the three important levels of listening when drumming and rattling. First, listen to your own sound and become more conscious of its beat, intonation, and dynamics. Second, listen to all the other instrumental voices in the circle. Finally, sense the rhyme of the group that emerges often dramatically while the circle starts making music as a true example. So, you're off making music as a true example. And so uh, you have uh, 12 minutes. Um, You'll get a notification when you're invited to come back. David, you ready? We're ready. Enjoy one another. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So I think you're all back. so we wanted to hear from you and see how that was and um, what you learned. Any comments at this point of our class or questions? 
So if you, um, if, if it's possible, please use the reactions um, button at the bottom of your screen to raise your hand. That way it's easier for the teachers to see who have raised your hand. Um, if you don't have this option, um, I guess you can raise your physical hand and we will, uh, the teachers will scan the screens and, and to see who, whose hands are, are uh, up. Okay, we'll open it up for... Um, You can talk about maybe what it was like to talk about the life of the Buddha, or maybe what was it like to just be in a small group with uh, other people and to connect about something like this. Um, you know, we all have kind of our responses to the story of the Buddha. Also, <laughs> Feel free, we're not a huge group. Feel free to unmute and speak or wave your hand. We have a couple screens and we can see people's hands waving too. But use any of these modes to make it known that you'd like to contribute something. We don't need to stand on ceremony. Well, Hey, uh, Yang Hui has the um, hand up, please. And just remember to unmute before you speak. I was trying to support that this is Yang Hui. I was just trying to support the Sangha and break the ice. <laughs> um, one of the first things that, the first thing that actually that came to my mind when I went into the small group was, you know, I've been so uplifted by the Buddha. I really like to hear more about times when the Buddha failed, when he was this imperfect. Like, I want to some stories about that and I realized I haven't really like he did leave his wife and son <laughs> so I mean, there must be things that where he was sort of imperfect and I'd love to in a, maybe a future class or here that was one thought I had yeah thank you thank you for sharing that yes yeah 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 he clearly had gone through some of the dukkha just like all of us um in his path, and it took him years to uh, find deep peace. Yeah, I wonder if any of the co-teachers would like to say a few words in response to that. Maybe I'll say that just while you guys were in a small group, we were in a small group, and we're like, okay, what are we going to talk about in that, you know, our next class that we're doing in April? And this is fascinating, Yen Kui, this idea, like, okay, there's different aspects of the Buddha. And I have a few in my mind that I'm thinking about of where maybe he wasn't as efficacious as we would like, as well as there's plenty of times when, of course, he was, and people just heard them speak. So thank you, Yen Kui. We'll definitely talk about this. And I would just say without spoiler alert, just that right here in this sutta, you know, with that question, and thank you too for offering that question. Uh, you know, I think we can find um, imperfection perhaps. The Buddha doesn't foresee all possible outcomes and he doesn't provide or, or make arrangements for everything. And, uh, and that does leave some loose ends untied. And then clearly his body is just 
are like ours, imperfect as any uh, human body is. And uh, that that's definitely on display in this sutta. So I heard, um, I see Kevin's hand up, and I also know that Chris had a question. Um, and I don't see Chris's screen there, but uh, there he is, Chris. Why don't we say Chris and then Kevin? Okay, great. I just... It was about the group process and just getting together and talking about this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so much a question, but I always find our little group so fascinating because actually everything the others have said, I've thought about and actually chime in on. And it's actually given me the words to formulate around or maybe a vague idea of my own. So it's sort of just, it's just very enhancing of a group process and sangha building. So it's just, I love these small groups. Thanks so much. And then Kevin, um, I'll mute. Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, we had, it was really wonderful in our group and the, just the sense of appreciation of um, the Buddha's uh, uh, unrelenting uh, a quest to go deeper and his incredible kindness uh, once he had awakened in um, uh, teaching in so many contexts for 40 some years and, and uh, not staying put in one place and waiting pe- for people to come to him, but instead um, uh, walking, um, living on um, the kindness of, of, of people and, and walking and exposing himself to the elements for so many decades. Um, and I, we were ta- I also had mentioned that um, appreciating the, a little bit of the monastic uh, practice of recollecting the Buddha has been so enriching for me. I had mentioned um, this book by Bhikkhu Analio, uh, A Meditator's Life of the Buddha, as being such a wonderful support for reading the sutta um, and, and uh, you know, feeling like a lot of times as lay practitioners, the practice or the instructions can veer towards the dry side, you know, with a lot of maybe dry insight and not as much emphasis on uh, the heart practices. Um, not, that's not always true, but I find like the, this kind of recollection practice along with uh, giving more emphasis to the Brahma Viharas has been really helpful. And um, so um, it's nice to do that as a compliment to undertaking the sutta study. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah. And uh, Christy. Going back to the point earlier, I'm sorry, I don't know the person who made it about the Buddha leaving his wife and son. It was brought up in our group. Someone actually said that they found it inspiring that the Buddha was just a regular guy. And we actually went back and forth with that for a little while. And, you know, we talked about how the Buddha, you know, did go down the wrong path and a few times and he didn't figure it all out until later in life. And that that was inspiring because it means you can you can make those changes for yourself at any time. You don't have to be born into it. You don't have to, to know it from the get go that you can discover it whenever you discover it. And that's fine. So that was inspiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very well said, Christy. And I was reflecting as um, you guys were sharing also, this is Sutta um, has a lot of humanness in it. I think as we read it, not only the Buddha's life, but his great disciples, you know, Ananda and various people that he met and that are his disciples and 
enlightened or unenlightened on the path or and there's a lot of humanness in this um and that allow us to open to this we are the human beings as well and so this is possible for us as well so you know i um i find myself being inspired um by it so without uh, you know spoiling <laughs> the stories for the next few classes but as you read the sutta maybe kind of feel some of the humanness of of uh, the uh, characters um both the buddha and um the people he met in the story so nicholas um <laughs> just an observation for me of how heartwarming it is to encounter other people's inspiration and the points that inspire them and yeah it's there's a certain quality of of what they bring to practice that you encounter through inspiration that is very unique and i really appreciate when people can share that Brian. It's funny to me that everything that people say it, it sparks another uh, you know another thought and uh, what Nicholas just said just made me think a little bit about you know that inspiration and responding to the group process how I I already feel with, after 12 minutes with you know three other strangers on a video screen I already feel like this is my little pod that I want to, you know, go back to and interact with and how it just doesn't take that much to that. It's remarkable. You can feel connection so quickly. Um, uh, the, it was actually Christie's comment that uh, made me think a little bit um, about our, we had a discussion um, in terms of also about the humanity of the Buddha and the difficulty of just realizing, Oh, he was really living through, you know, like the bloody diarrhea and the weariness of having to care for this Sangha at the very end of his life, like the difficulty of that. Uh, but then the other thing that came up was this notion of being a teacher and his decision to teach, to, to basically take this practice uh, and this realization and decide that he was not going just to stay internally, but move out into the world. Uh, and then the calling that that brings to all of us to be our own teachers and the process of learning how to pick up teachings that make sense and resonate to us and how to gently put other ones aside and that we're being called to do this. It's not about what the teacher says, but rather how do we actually process? And that's what's kind of going on here. Deep mm. bows to that. Yes, yes. So we'll move on um, to let David do the second piece of teaching. <laughs> 